everybody, uh, Mike Mills, Verity Mortgage here again today, um, doing uh, one of my you know talks with uh, people in the real estate industry. And today I have with me uh, Mr. Bart Cook. Um, he has been a realtor for how many years? Thirteen years. Thirteen years. So quite a long time. Now uh, these days, um, doing something a little different. But before we get to all of that, you know, primarily what we're going to talk about today is. Um, you know what it takes to be an agent. Uh, you know, in the busy market that we've had for the last you know two years, really. I mean, heck, it feels like ten. Quite oh, well, I mean, we've been breaking records since 2012. Yeah, yeah. So it's been it's been pretty hefty. Um, but with that, you know, it's had a large influx of new agents that have come yes. into the business. New agents, new lenders, um, people associated with real estate all the way around. It's been a large influx of of new people coming into the space. And um, you know, these days Bart uh, works as uh, I guess is a recruiter a good word? Recruiter, trainer, okay. mentor, yeah. a little bit of everything. So he works with new agents, especially that come into the business, to kind of help them get their feet wet, get started, and get moving. And I thought he'd be perfect to you know go through kind of what it takes to actually be an agent. So if you have any interest in that, and you're interested in learning more about what it takes to be an agent, what the actual nuts and bolts of it all, please watch this all the way through. You'll get a ton of information from it. But in the meantime, before we start to that, I want to find out a little about you, Bart. Um, I think that it's important, you know, again, I say this all the time, but uh, we want to work with people we know. We want to be involved with people we know. Strangers aren't always our favorite people to work with because you never know what you're going to get. But once you know somebody and you have a good feel for them, then you have a lot more uh, uh, level of comfortability. Is that a word? I think that's sure, a word. that works. Yeah, that's fine. So, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Where you where you at? Where you from? Where you come from? All that fun stuff. Got in real estate in 08, Grew up in Arlington. Um, lived in Arlington most of my life, outside of a little bit in my young twenties. Lived okay. in Arizona for a little while, um, with the plans of never coming back, and it didn't what? work out that way. <laughs> Why did you not want to leave Arizona? Oh, I loved Arizona. You did. Um, I got married to um, those of you that know me. Got married to Angelina Cook, who's in the title industry, who's wonderful. And we had two kids that are under a year apart. Okay. We had no family. We didn't trust any of our friends with kids <laughs> at that age. <laughs> that age yeah, yeah. So we needed help. Right. And so we originally were going to go to Nebraska, which is where her family's from. Okay. She went ahead of me, and I was supposed to meet her. She went in January one year and called me. About two days later, and said, like, I'm not, not interested. <laughs> so that we can go to Texas. Right. So we came here to be near family with the plan of until the kids got a little older and then we'd move away again, and it never happened. What, what were you doing at that time? Were you in real estate or were you doing something? No, I was a healthcare recruiter. Oh, okay. Wow. Oh, so you've been in some level of recruiting employees for a long time. Yeah, uh, I really, really enjoyed it actually. I was 20, 23, 24 when we left Arizona. Yeah. And I really enjoyed being a healthcare recruiter, and that was my original plan when I got here was to pick that back up. Okay, so you just never kind of got back into it. So how did you? Where did you go to high school? Went to Arlington High. You went to Arlington High. Okay, and uh, so I guess being from this area, you know, quite a few people, which kind of helps with the real estate stuff. I knew a good amount of people. My mom was a loan officer for years up oh, until wow. she retired. Um, so she knew a bunch of people. I knew a bunch of people. It was not really the plan. So there used to be a woman in real estate named Jenny Russell. I don't know if you know Jenny or not. Um, she, to me, is the godfather of real estate. Okay. Uh, her, and godmother, mom, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> her and my mom grew up in real estate together. And at one point, I was around Jenny a lot because my ex-mother-in-law was looking at houses. And somehow her and my mom started talking about me getting into real estate and then the conversation started from there right and i had never my mom had told me all my life never get into the mortgage business right so i just assumed all of it was the same 
And so then the conversation started from there. I was 25 years old when I got into real estate. Yeah. And in 2008, 25 was really young to get in real estate. In 2008, probably wasn't the best time to start. Either, no, right? nobody was getting into real estate, but especially not young people. Where now you get, I mean, I'm literally talking to a 17-year-old later this week about wow. real estate. Okay. Because he wants to get into real estate when his birthday hits. Now you get 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds in real estate all the time. Right. I come across, I met with a 19-year-old last week. Right. Um, we have a 20-year-old on our team. We have a 23-year-old on our team. We have a 25-year-old on our team. It's there's a ton of young people now, but yeah. when I got into it in 08, no, I was the youngest person in the by room. By a mile, probably, yes, yeah. by yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely um, the industry as a whole has kind of turned over quite a bit in the last year. Turnover is the wrong word. It's just changed, right? It's yes. it's, it's adjusted to um, a younger generation of people, yes, especially with the advent of certain technologies that have made our job harder, easier, whatever you want to call it. Um, it certainly has changed the you know ideal or the idea of what a realtor is. You know, I don't think it's the what is it like all the bracelets and blue hair. <laughs> and you know, as the real estate market gets better, you yeah. get everybody under the sun getting into real estate. So honestly, I would take when I got into real estate over what people are getting into now, where it's so many more real estate agents yeah. because all they hear is how great the market is. Yeah, and they don't hear how many agents are getting into it and how agent transactions per agent are going down right they don't hear that part they right. just hear the market's great yeah it's a good time to do it yeah. now you you mentioned um you have two kids is that right I have three kids. three kids sorry three kids. we had two that are less than a year apart and then we had a third one later on. okay okay so uh so tell me about your your kiddos uh i have one good one okay uh, <laughs> No, well, I, think that they, I don't think that's unusual. I think we all have the one. That are, you know, people are like, do you, do you love one of your kids more than the other? It's like, hey, you know what? I don't love anybody more, but I certainly like some of them more. Oh, I tell mine all the time. I don't always have a first place, but I've always got a third place. <laughs> always. Uh, I have a 15-year-old son, 14-year-old daughter, and then an 11-year-old daughter. Okay. And what are they into these days? Uh, whew, um... 15-year-old son's not into much. Uh, much. He's wonderful. He's very sweet. Hanging out, doing his thing. Uh, he goes to a school that does not allow extracurricular activities, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. So he is a freshman in high school and a freshman in college. Oh, wow. Uh, so he's, he's a freshman uh, at TCC. Focusing on this. Yes. yes. He uh, is focused on school and grades and very bright kid. Uh, 14-year-old daughter is eighth grade, and she is pretty much volleyball and social life. Mm -hmm. um, she has a very packed social life. How long have you been doing the volleyball thing? We just oh, we just got into like the club stuff. Recently, well, we haven't. So. Been, we've only been doing club for about two years. Now. Okay. Okay. Um, but we've been doing volleyball since yeah. day one. Yeah. Uh, and then my youngest is in everything. She would be in more if we let her. She's in everything. She is baseball is her love. Mm -hmm. She and people always ask baseball or softball. Baseball. Kid she only plays baseball. baseball. She's the only girl out there. Uh, she played tournament ball this fall. Oh wow. Um, she's awesome. She's tough. Uh, but she's into everything. Yeah, and now she was the one I think I saw. Uh, you had a post that she yeah. took the ball off the oh, face. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she took a yeah. ball in the face. Um, that was a fun day. Yeah, uh, totally off topic, but yes, took a ball in the face. Kept playing. Her next at bat, took a ball in the back. Oh, man, so twice. <laughs> And she's back out there the next day getting after her? Oh, yeah, she does yeah. great. Doesn't bother her whatsoever, huh? Well, the face one bothered her. Yeah, well, anytime you get hit in the face, it's not exactly something you just yeah, walk away from. you're spitting no up blood for a little bit, yeah. it's, that one was a rough shot. Right. So <laughs> she kept playing. She did good. She's a tough kid. Well, I mean, it's good. You know, I, I've, I do a lot of youth sports with my kids. You know, something we've been doing for a long time. And, and actually, um, you know, I, I say this a lot, but um, I think sports for kids in general, and, you know, every kid's different, so sports aren't for everybody, but... Um, but it, it teaches a lot of lessons about life that you don't get 
sometimes even in school because you know or, or at home simply because you know your your parents are always there to take care of you they love you they're you know not everybody doesn't have a great home life so it's not everybody but you know you're you see in general kids are coddled is not the right word but they're certainly taken care of right and very not very often you know do they experience a ton of failure in school or a ton of failure you know at home but when you put them out on the field and they're competing against other kids there's a lot of failure and not only that but sometimes it's not fair sometimes the umpire makes bad calls sometimes the, they were safe at first and they got called out and there's nothing they can do about it and kids have to learn to kind of adapt to that which you know and they have to deal with what the situation is what their response to the situation is which plays a big role when it comes to like being a productive adult right mm-hmm. yeah we we talk about that a ton we talk about failing a ton we talk about having a short memory yeah uh, in fact with my daughter taking the ball in the face we talked a lot about short memory yeah. um you can't just focus on that the rest of the game you right. gotta forget what happened uh, we talk about a ton of that stuff. Um, you also learn a lot as a parent, hopefully, when your kids start playing sports. Yeah. My youngest has a very assertive personality, and we learned when she was little, from the get, she was a terrible loser. Yeah. And so we would watch her play with soccer in the beginning. Angelina and I would be there. She'd be a bad loser, terrible loser, just losing it. And I'd be like, you were, can you believe this kid? And she's like, you understand that's you, yeah, right? right. That's exactly. And so hopefully you are self-aware enough to understand right. and to learn about yourself that's as right. you become the parent or if you're the coach or it is interesting to see where your flaws are that you didn't notice. Yeah, I, uh, I can certainly speak from experience that uh, when you see you know those traits that are in you that you you know are there, but they're maybe not your favorite traits about yourself. That when you see those start manifesting in your kids, and you're like, oh man, you know, my wife looks at me all the time. She's like, that's you right there. I'm like, I I, I got it. I know. Oh, uh, we've also gotten to where on the ride home now because you know most kids quit playing sports because of the ride home. Correct. So we yes. have now the ride home is essentially it doesn't matter how the game went, it doesn't matter what happened. Yeah. I love watching you play. You're right. That's, that's it. That Just is the there. extent of what I say. If she wants to talk about anything more, yeah. we will. Um, and sometimes she wants to talk about what sure. she needs to work on, sure. or sometimes she just wants to brag that she had a great game, and I will let her have that sometimes for a little while. But the ride home now is I love watching you play. Yeah. And that is the extent. It's a hard thing as a parent to go from, because we experienced the same thing where, you know, in the beginning when they're young, I felt like I was harder on them when they were younger, like smaller, because you're, you're kind of, inst- you're trying to instill lessons, right? You're trying to instill, hey, hustle, effort, you know, all these kind of things. So you want to have those conversations. But then as they get older and they start making decisions on their own, well, then at that point, you got to kind of just hope that you put and instilled enough you know, positive characteristics in them that they're going to make good decisions and then let them make those decisions and not leave and them And let them out. make mistakes yeah. doing it. Yes, yes. absolutely. they got to have that flexibility. And, and it's, uh, it's it, we all learn every single day. I would say the, the greatest learning experience I've ever had in my life is being a parent. Um, and I'm sure it will continue because <laughs> we've got a few more years to go. So just uh, I, like I apologize to my oldest all the time for having to be he the was one the I test learned <laughs> You're the one that yeah, had the most yeah, mistakes. Yeah, you were, you were the first one. Sorry, you had to be there. So, uh, All right, so tell us now. Okay, so we know a little bit about you now, Bart. Now, I want to find out these days, um, you know, where are you working? What are you doing? Kind of what's your role, you know, in real estate? And, and what do you spend most of your time on these days? So I am with the Davis team, who the broker is Keller Williams in Arlington. Okay. Um, but we do kind of operate independently. We have our own building in Kennedale. So the Davis team is headed up by Jordan Davis, who is a wonderful friend of mine. I yeah. adore Jordan. Yeah, Jordan, she's fantastic. Yeah, she's great. Uh, mm-hmm. She got into real estate about eight years ago. Um, and by the way, if you want to meet someone who is, uh, you know, 
driven and ready to go attack the day every single day and has a plan and has a goal and there is nobody that's going to knock her off that goal, I would say uh, Jordan's certainly that person. Yeah. You you want to meet a bad chick. She's a a cool girl. Uh, So we got introduced when she was getting into real estate. She was actually getting ready to sign up with Century 21. Okay. And a mutual friend that we, we had never met, we had a mutual friend. He found out. So he said, whoa, before you do that, call my buddy Bart. Yeah. So she did, and I remember the call very well. I don't think I spoke. Um, it was her going 90 miles an hour the whole time. And then we hung up. She ended up coming into Keller Williams, met with them, and has been there ever since. And then, so I joined back with her in January of this year to get to a recruiting role, training role, okay. and then a mentorship role also um, with her team. Okay, so your job essentially with that team is to find new agents, and then once they come in, you're training them, you're helping them kind of navigate how to get through this whole thing that sounded great when they signed up, and now you're you're inducing them to the reality of it? Yes, I like to think I get them to the reality. So when I got into real estate, again, Jenny Russell sat me down and told me all the bad. Right. And at one point she said, I'm going to tell you the bad because there's a whole bunch of people out there who paid really good money to tell you the glory stories. Sure. And they're going to, and I don't ever want you to get into real estate and then come back to me and say, well, Jenny, you didn't tell me about this, this, right. or this. I hate all this. Right. So she told me everything negative and then said, if you're still interested, I'll set you up with somebody that has the good. So I don't go as extreme as she did, Sure, but I do want people to understand what they're getting into. I want them to get, they will come in and watch our team and you get to see the fun parts. So yeah. I also want them to understand it's, it is, you got to see the fun part and it is fun, right. but there's a lot of parts that aren't sexy to this. Right. So we very much hope they understand what they're walking into coming in because it is hard work. Yeah. Um, it is a lot. We, we work a lot. We work a lot hard. Um, we also get to operate differently when it comes to, this isn't a, bash brokerages, but most brokerages are set up to where they can bring everybody on and they right. want to bring everybody right. and the good ones will rise and some will leave, retention's worse. We don't really want it to be like that. We want it to be more of a selection process. We selected you on this team because we believe we can benefit you. We believe you can benefit us. We believe we get to all grow together. So we don't ever want to just grow bodies just to grow bodies. So, okay, so speaking of, you said when you got into the business that you had somebody that kind of held your hand a little bit, or, well, actually, that she kind of told you the bad news. Like, yes. hey, here's here's the bad stuff. So so if you were, you know, talking to younger Bart back in the day, right, and he, he was getting ready to get into this, into this uh, business, um, what would you say, what are some things that you've learned by doing it that you had no idea when you first started off it would be this way, but now if you could tell yourself, hey, look, watch out for this, be careful of this, you know, what are some of those things? There are probably two main things. One, I would tell myself to be more patient. I would want to understand everything takes longer than you think it does. Right. And I don't just mean selling houses. You can come in and sell houses. There are people that come in and have success early all the time, but on a big scale, what you want to hit, it's going to take longer than you think it is. Right. And I was not, I'm still not very patient, but at least I'm aware of it now. <laughs> but I yeah, definitely yeah, wasn't then. And so I would change gears all the time yeah. and I would lose process. Somebody the other day referred to real estate agents as squirrels. And me at 25 getting into real estate was who she's talking, talking about. about. <laughs> I mean, it was, I would change gears at the drop of a hat because this didn't give me instant success. So I'm gonna go over here now. I wasn't patient enough. And so I don't ever want to lose the aspect of being willing to change my mind. I like changing my mind when I need to, but I don't want it to be that I changed my mind because I didn't give them the chance it deserved. Right. Um, So you got to give it time basically is what you're saying. I mean, it is a long, real estate's a long business. I mean, uh, I had 
uh, you know, a couple have a couple loan officers that work with me, and and we talk often about, you know, one of them said, well, how do we get to these numbers, and how do we establish this? And you know, honestly, a lot of times it's it's just being in the business for a long time. I mean, when you look at refinances that just had blown up recently uh, because rates had fallen, well, if you've been in the business for you know a couple of years, well, then your refinance business probably isn't that much. But if you've been doing loans for 15 years and all of your past clients are coming back and wanting to refinance loans that you had done for them previously, I mean, you get business just by being alive, you know? That's pretty much it. I mean, you had to do a good job, you had to earn it, you know, all that stuff. But, but at the end of the day, you know, it's not like you were out there beating the streets. Sometimes you just get a windfall because of that reason. And I would imagine it's a very similar thing with real estate. You've got to be there for the longevity of it. Yeah, you got to be there for longevity. You have to be purposeful. Um, I am blessed in the fact that I actually care about people. And, right. um, and that's not to pat myself on the back. I just sure. genuinely do. Yeah, yeah. And so you, I think people can sniff it out pretty well. The other thing I would have told younger me is um, I would have wanted to understand better about ego and what a problem ego is. Okay. Um, at 25, uh, ego was a problem. Sure. Most and most of us guys, we, we still some of us still have that problem. Some of us do, yeah. <laughs> uh, but in real estate, man, I'll tell you, ego within real estate agents kills more deals than buyers and sellers ever do. Yeah. Uh, so I wish I would have understood. People want to get into. I cared more about winning than I did being happy, or I cared more about winning than making sure this went how it was supposed to, or the buyer got what they wanted, or the seller got what they wanted. Right. Um, all of a sudden I got tunnel vision and it was dig my heels in the sand because I want to win. Yeah. Uh, and that was a problem. Right. And sometimes it still is, but <laughs> I do <laughs> Again, recognize it, yes. be aware, right? So I would have wanted to understand earlier, drop the ego, don't worry about it. Um, real estate tends to attract image driven, tends to attract people that have ego. Yep. And well, salespeople. I mean, look, salespeople in general, you got to have ego. You got to think you're pretty good at it. Otherwise it's hard to get up because you, you do a lot of rejection. You, you're right. right. There yeah. is a fine line. There are too many that go too far where they need to look successful more than be successful. Right. Um, right. And I have learned over the years that I don't care if anybody thinks I'm successful or not. Right. I'm going to go be happy and live the life I want to go live. Yeah. You know, it's. I think there's been a big shift, and I think because of uh, social media and, and a few other um, aspects of what we're dealing with today, that um, I guess the word is authenticity. You know, people just like you to be who you are, right? Yes. And if you, if they like you for who you are, then you're going to do business together. And if they don't, then you're not. And not everybody's everybody's cup of tea. You know, some people like other people for different reasons, and you can't really ever really control that. So I don't know that it's um, necessarily a bad thing to just be yourself. You know, take the ego out of it and just be who you are and let the chips fall where they may, right? I agree with you, and this is probably an unpopular opinion, but I think actually social media has somewhat moved in the direction of more authenticity. Oh, for sure. Where it used to be 100% highlight reel. Oh, well, it yeah. It was yeah. only highlight reel. Yeah. Where, don't get me wrong, I get there are plenty of negatives to social media, sure. but yeah, I do think there are more people on there that will be genuine and authentic to who they are and will show the bad with the good. Yeah. Um, again, it's still a fine line. Don't go be a train wreck on social media. Right. Don't try to glamorize your life too much. I right. Mean, stick to normal. Yeah. We don't need to know everything. Right. You know, but, right. <laughs> but whatever you say, just just make it be what you are. So, um, okay. So, so now you have, like you said earlier, you have a lot of new agents, mm-hmm. younger people coming into the business. Um, I'm sure you talk to people every day that are like, Hey Bart, I want to be an agent. You know, tell me what I need to do. But, but the thing that we also deal with a lot of times is this uh, this misconception of what actually takes to be an agent, right? And so, like, I have example on this, which I talk about from time to time when I meet with agents and talk about the business in general, is that 
you know, if you're a brand new agent and you're coming into it, whatever, however you got there, right? The odds are there's going to be a period of time right in the beginning where you were probably going to get a few deals. You're going to close a listing. You're going to close a buyer. You might have five or six transactions in your first six months, which is, you know, a transaction a month, which for even successful agents is really good. But part of uh, what gets lost in that is that when you're brand new coming into the business, wh whatever it is you're doing, um, you're excited about it. You're talking about it. You're telling your friends, you're telling your family, I just took my realtor test, all these things. So all of this stuff is kind of coming your way. So that initial like excitement gets you there. But then after that happens, then it tends to fall off a little bit. You gotta be able to bounce back. So yes. as a recruiter, trainer, whatever, what would you say are some misconceptions as people come into the business that think it's just gonna be this and it's really not? I mean, there are, people think it's easy. Yep. Um, and real estate, I mean, this is cheesy because KW says it all the time, but it is true. Real estate's simple, it's just not easy. Correct. And that is a very, very true statement um, where you get people that come in and think easy or they think they're good with people so it's gonna be right. no problem. Uh, people don't understand. I got told early on that I would make as much money as I was willing to be uncomfortable. And I didn't really understand it at first and then it didn't take me long. So what that could mean today is you go to a seller's house and they want 625 for their house and their house right. is worth 515. Right. That's an uncomfortable conversation to have with them if you're about to tell them their house is worth more than 100 grand or less than they think. Right. That's an uncomfortable conversation. But if you don't do it, a couple things can happen. You take that listing at 625 and if you were right that it should have been at 515, it's not going to sell. It's going to sit for a long time. As you're supposed to be communicating with them, that relationship's going to get worse and worse you're going to step back and not want to call them and tell them nothing's happening. Right. They're going to think you're not doing anything. They're going to get to where they don't like you. You're going to get to where you don't like them. And you're going to count down the days until that thing expires. You didn't get paid. Nothing happened. You didn't do the service you were hired to do. Where if you'll have an uncomfortable conversation early and talk to them about that, maybe you don't get it. Yeah. Maybe they go find the person that will yeah. take it for 625. Sure. But one, you didn't spin your wheels doing nothing and get a terrible relationship with somebody that now thinks you're terrible at your job. Right. Um, or you take it, or you let that person take it and if it doesn't sell, maybe I've had it to where they come back to me around that after that. But those uncomfortable conversations, honestly, I've kind of taken this to the extreme of personal too. Let's say you let's use you and Susan an example. Let's say you do something that makes Susan mad one day, right? Small a lot, happens I, all the time. Believe it. Every let's day. Say let's say it's not very big, something minor, and she decides I'm not gonna cause waves. I'm not gonna, whatever. Right. We're just gonna move on. She sits on it and isn't willing. Are you to talking about she, how she buries it down inside? <laughs> hey, and then she grows. We're still on camera. <laughs> she doesn't do that. No, never, never, never. Um, let's say she sits on it and doesn't talk to you about it because that would be uncomfortable. Right. I don't want to deal with confrontation. It's too much trouble for what it's worth. We move on two months down the road, y'all get into a fight about something else. And now she's shouting at you about the eggs from two months ago right. because y'all just didn't have an uncomfortable conversation early. Yep. You will hit the uncomfortable early. You avoid so much uncomfortable later on and so much bigger uncomfortable later on. Right. Same thing in real estate. Yeah. So if you're willing to get uncomfortable, which is where a lot of people aren't willing to do, mm -hmm. um, a lot of people don't want to ask for the business. They are great with people. Sure. They don't want to get uncomfortable where now they have to ask for the business. Right. They don't want to ask their friends for help. They don't want to call up somebody that clicked on an ad on anything, right. and all of a sudden they're getting hounded now. Uh, the third party lead stuff, the Zillow link that you're paying for. Uh -huh. By the way, you're paying for the ads, right? Because if you're getting those, you're putting money into it. And you know how many don't call? Right. <laughs> and if you don't make the phone call. It's why yeah. all those places sell like 
four times more leads than houses that sell. Yes, yes. It's insane. Yeah. But people don't want to do the uncomfortable. If you're willing to do the uncomfortable, you'll come in and have success. Other than that, the other ones are um, half thick skin, uh, don't take anything personally, yeah. which I will tell you, a lot of really good agents do still take stuff personally. It is hard to avoid sometimes, but if you won't take it personally, you're going to have a situation. I have a friend who his dad went and bought a house with somebody else because he just forgot. Um, that sucks. It but, does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean, that, that really, uh -huh. your dad, wow, that's, that's kind of hard. Uh, okay. uh, but it happens all the time where sure. you're, you're going to see your friend on social media just bought a house and didn't use you, and you're going to think, I really thought they would have called me. One, you probably did a bad job of reminding them of what you do. Yep. But also, they didn't even, or you get people that go to new construction because they don't even realize you can help or right. what the benefit to you is. There are so many different things, but don't take it personally because it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, if you can handle rejection, because rejection either directly or indirectly, it's going to happen. And then if you're willing to get uncomfortable, this, I refer to myself as a caveman all the time. Yeah. Any dumb caveman can go succeed in this if he is just willing to do the things that you need to do. Right. That they're not used to or not, not like you said, not comfortable with. So, um, you know, when you, when you said earlier about, you know, real estate isn't what you think it is necessarily. Um, I agree with that in the sense that, you know, we talk about real is real estate about contracts. Is it about houses? Is it about insurance? Is it about all this stuff? If you're going to be an agent, all those things are a part of real estate, right. but what is real estate really about? Generating business. I mean, if you can't generate Which is business relationships, yes, right? Yeah. You have to have relationships. Yes, you have to be able to build relationships. Yeah. Um, you have to be purposeful about it. You have to kind of understand what the game plan is. Um, there has to be some sort. And uh, I almost said the name of this brokerage. But <laughs> uh, there's a brokerage that I met with a new agent not too long ago, and uh, she said, "Oh well, my." broker told me that I shouldn't be calling my sphere yet because I don't know what I'm doing yet and I should be calling expireds and for sale by owners. A couple things. There aren't a ton of expireds. Um, yeah. But also, if you're calling expired, let's say you call an expired or a for sale by owner and you get that appointment. The problem is if you set that appointment, I set that appointment, right. Jordan set that appointment, right. Don Lawyer set that appointment, Chad Smith set that appointment. Right. You're about to go get slaughtered. It's a stranger. I mean, you're dealing with a stranger. Yeah, you're yeah. in. You're bleeding in a water with a whole bunch of sharks. Right. Go take care of your sphere because all those people I just named off are coming after them too. Right. I mean, it's well, and your sphere likes you, right? Right. They're your friends. What they help you, right? So if you make a mistake, you can say, "Hey, look, I'm trying to figure this out," you know, and that's that's where you want to train and get better at the at the craft. Yes. Because when you do get to the big, you know, the five hundred, seven hundred, eight million dollar house, whatever it is. Ooh. You want to have gone through, you know, all of your friends and family that, that are there to support you and help you out. And so that learning time is essential because you got to go through those bumps and bruises. Nobody's going to be perfect at this ever. And yeah. even as you go all the way through it, you can do it for 13 years. And, and you, you never know it all. That's right. Ever. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to make mistakes. I probably also, going back to the question about younger me, I would have made sure I understood that it's okay to admit when you make a mistake. Yeah. Um, don't pretty much everybody I've learned can handle a mistake sure. happening as long as somebody just owns the mistake. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, let's say I'm going to throw the, you're going to be my example this time. Okay. Let's say I send somebody to you, you make a mistake. Yeah. When I call that buyer that I sent to you, when I call him, it's, we made a mistake. Yeah. It is not, well, can you believe Mike did that? I can't believe what an idiot. Yes. I mean, it is not about what's going to happen. Right. It's, we made a mistake. We're working on fixing it. Now, in all honesty, when I talk to you, I kind of expect the same thing. For hey, sure. We made a mistake. We screwed up. And yep. not 
say you're the problem. Let's say I made the mistake. Yeah, yeah. Same idea. Right. It is, we are on a team. Own it. Own it. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much everybody can handle a mistake when that is the approach. Yeah. The problem is when, oh my God, can you believe this person did that? What an idiot they can't. You're leading, you're lead. They're going to take off of you. Yep. You lead through the process. So now all of a sudden they just took that energy off of you and now they're upset too. It doesn't do anything. So you're going to make mistakes. Some people come into real estate and they want to know it all. Yep. That's a real problem too. Yep. Um, they love the education. They're going to go to a class and then, oh, well, what class is next? What class is next? And then they never go some sell. Yes. <laughs> There's been all the time. And I'm sure. all for classes sure, and education. Sure, 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 but sure. at some point you got to go take action. Yeah. It's, um, there could be two people that get into the business at the same time. And one, in fact, Dennis Tuttle is a good example of this. Dennis Tuttle uh, came in in, I think he was 09, and had success early on, and he still does great. He had success early on. And him, and I don't remember the name of the other agent, but him and another person came in at the same time, and Dennis just started calling. At that time, for sale owners and expired listings were much bigger. He just started calling. And so I think it was like day three, he set a listing appointment, and he was like, oh, well, I gotta put a listing presentation together. And so he just did one in two days. Sure. The other guy wasn't willing to even reach out to anybody until he had his listing presentation done. He spent a month. Dennis's was better. Yeah. Um, people think you've got to know it all. Think people think you have to be too prepared. Be prepared. Yes. Sure. Don't stall your own growth because right. you don't ever want to go take action. That is part of the uncomfortableness right. where people think, well, how could I ever call somebody? I don't even know what I'd say yet. Uh, I mean, you're going to figure it out. Plus find a mentor. I mean, you fake it till you make it sometimes, right? You just got to figure out the, where you're going to go with it, how it's going to work. And you've got to go down the path. And if you never go down the path because you're always getting the car fixed up to drive down the road, right? We're going to get there, but I got to put in air in the tires, put gas in the tank. I got to wash it. Oh, now I got to clean the inside. I got to do all these things before we leave. But then you never get to where you're going to because you never left the garage. Yeah, right. Exactly. And people get caught up. People forget that everybody has different personalities. So yeah. it is, I'll use my ex-wife, she was entitled. She was real estate agent. We worked together and we have very, very different personalities. So if we both would have come into real estate, and let's say we went and asked the same person, well, what do you do to be successful in real estate? And they would have said, well, we go knock on four sale owners' doors. Yeah. My personality is I would have gone and knocked on a four sale owner's door. They would have opened. I would have thought, huh, I wonder what I'm going to say. And I would have fallen on my face. Right. And they would have gone and done it again. Right. Fallen on my face a little bit less and kept going. Well, Angelina would have said, okay, well, what do I say? Right. Okay, well, what do I say to them? Well, what if they respond this way? I mean, she would have wanted to know every single step before yeah. she was willing to make a move. Neither is right or wrong. Right. And in all honesty, she outperformed me in the long run. We probably need a little bit of both, right? Um, my person, yes. Yeah. My personality tends to have success quicker, where her personality, she did take action. So she did go have long-term success. It right. just took her longer to get there. Or let's say she goes to show some people and they have four houses scheduled. They get to the first one and those people say, this is the house we want, let's write an offer. Angelina's personality is, well, okay, we have three others, let's go look at those. Right. Well, you better understand, if they don't want to go look at those, you're not going to look at those. Right. Um, where my personality, maybe I go show those same people or different people and they like that house, want to make an offer, and then they're like, all right, let's go see the next one. What? We love, this is it? Right, this is the one. I mean, but I've got to be able to meet them. Sure. It is not ever about getting everybody else to meet you on your level. Right. You meet them where they are. Right. Yeah, and I think that's one of those things that, um, again, with experience, you know, you kind of find your way, you find your your niche, your your method, or whatever you want to call it when you're talking to people, whether you're door knocking or whether you're doing third-party leads or whether you're really, really working your sphere and, and getting involved there or using social media or whatever the case may be. 
there's there's not there's not a single path for every single person. Correct. Right. It's always a little different. You have to suit it to your personality. You know, um, one of the things again, you know, I used to do some classes talking to new agents coming in at, at the Champion School, and I would say, hey, look. You know, if you don't like picking up the phone and calling someone on the phone every day or random strangers to try to get business, then don't. Like, don't do that. Like, take what your what your core competencies are and, and enhance that. I even tell you know the my employees that work with me. I say like, look, if you're not great at being detailed or you're not great at being you know uh, uh, a great you know going out and being real personable with everybody. Then don't do those things. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't get better, mm-hmm. but just get better on your own time, right? Get, get better. Take what you're really good at right now and accentuate that so you can have success quicker, right? Yes. Focus on your strengths. Yep. You can outsource any weakness. Yes, absolutely. You can always outsource weaknesses. Yes. So and yeah, if you don't want to get uncomfortable and pick up a phone, don't find another way to do it. Yeah. There's a million ways to win in real estate. I have another friend who's a broker in Fort Worth, Leslie Stegmeyer. Since Stegmeyer doesn't pick up the phone, now Leslie has a very natural personality. She has been building relationships since the day she was born, even right. before she understood that's what she was doing. Right. So she is amazing at building relationships, and that's how she's built her business. Right. Um, she has no interest in picking up a phone. Right. More power to her. Go sure. do it your way. Sure. Once you've been around long enough, you get to treat this the way you want and right. generate business that way. And then it is, honestly, I enjoy real estate so much because I've gotten to build it into kind of what I want my day to look like now. Yes, exactly. And there's trial and error along the way. You're gonna, yes, you're gonna do some stuff that works. And you can do some stuff that doesn't. Okay, so so if I'm a if I'm a brand new agent, or a, a, let's just say I'm a, a person thinking about, I really I see the real estate market. I see what houses are selling for. You know that two to three percent of that purchase price sounds really really nice, and I want to get in on that. Um, somebody comes to you and says, Hey Bart, I want to get into the business. What what is you know? And I'm sure you've mentioned a couple of these already, but give me four or five things that you would say to them, okay, well, you're going to have to be like this. You're going to have to do this. You know, what are some stuff that somebody coming in has no idea what, what should they, what do they really need to be in order for this to be, have some success? I'm probably going to repeat myself on yeah. any of these, but one is you got to be willing to get uncomfortable. Right. Um, that is for sure. One, you have to be willing to be patient. Uh, we normally tell people our goal on the team is typically to get you one pending in your first three months. Right. Um, and we have succeeded. We've overachieved with everybody so far. Just so, what does one pending mean? Just one so. under contract okay. where it doesn't it doesn't have to close yet. Now, granted, everybody we've had come on. I think everybody this year that came on, we over we did more over. Work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lupe had three in seventy days. Um, Jackie had two pinned, one closed. Rachel had one closed in five weeks, which oh, wow. is unusual. That's great. Um, and also not to get off track, you are right. Typically new agents will have a couple kind of lined up. They yeah. had somebody, they had their best friend waiting yep. for them or a cousin yep. waiting for them. So usually they have something teed up early because somebody's been waiting for them. Yeah. But willing to be patient. Um, people get discouraged when it's been two months and they're like, oh, I stink at this. You haven't even got started. Right, right. You're barely in, yes. So that would be one of the main things other than that, it is, there's a whole bunch of different personalities. You don't have to be good with people. Um, Don Lawyer's wonderful. He's amazing, does a ton of business. Yeah. He's not a people person. He's right. not extroverted. He's not outgoing. He's good at systems. And honestly, real estate is gearing more towards people that are good at systems and business-minded people than it is to just extroverted people that can talk to a wall. Well, because like what you said earlier, if you're, let's say you're Don Lawyer, right? And you're systems-oriented, you're detail-oriented, you're very, you know, you follow the path to get you where you're trying to go, but you know 
to some extent, you need a personality. You need somebody, or you need it. You need the ability to go talk to people and 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 put yourself out there in ways that you can't. So you just hire somebody to do that, right? That's the great thing about having teams is you can pay for any weakness. That's right. You can offset whatever weakness. In your life. Yeah. I mean. Uber, favor. I mean, you can pay for any inconvenience or sure. in, to pay for any convenience in your life that you want. Yeah. Um, I'm a big pan, fan of paying for convenience if it makes sense. Sure. Uh, I don't go crazy, not wild about things like favor. That right. seems a little outrageous at yeah. times, but I will pay for convenience all the time because yeah. it just makes sense. Yeah. I and mean, I can go do something else. Listen, I don't want to go do a $15 an hour job when I have a higher paying job and I can pay somebody $15 an hour to go do that job while I go do something else. Yeah. It just yeah. makes sense. Your time has value. The The only thing, you know, I, I say time is the most democratic thing on the planet because everybody gets the same amount. Mm-hmm. We all get 24 hours and it just depends on what you do with those 24 hours. And I, I feel which what you said earlier too, is that the more you focus on your strengths, in those 24 hours, especially when it relates to business and making money, right? When it relates to business and making money, you need to focus on your strengths because that's the most efficient use of your time. And then when you have time available that you aren't doing that, then you want to work on yourself and get better at the things that you you want to yes. try to improve. And then, you know, obviously save a little fun for sanity because you can't, you know, work and, and play all the time. I mean, I guess some people can, but those, the, those guys are billionaires, right? So, um, you know, if you want to work 24-7, you can certainly get there because I don't know. I was, do you ever watch Yellowstone? No, you ever I'm, seen? I'm the only person. So uh, there's there was we watched the third episode or something last night and for the this season and she she said that there were like four ways to make money in this in this world and you know number one was inherit it uh, number two was um, I think it was like get lucky win the lottery or something like that and then the third one was you know just work your butt off basically like work as hard as you can all the time and that's it and then <laughs> and then he, she was talking to a little kid and. And she kind of stopped there and he's like, well, what's the fourth one? And, and she said something highly inappropriate that I won't say right now. Um, but anybody that sees that show knows exactly what I'm talking about. So, um, you know, involves ladies and their, their extracurricular activities. But, oh, gotcha. Yeah. So <laughs> it was pretty, pretty crass. But either way, the, the point is, is that work, you know, putting time in, grinding it out, getting up every day. Even if you're an agent, you have to treat it like a job. It doesn't mean you get to sleep until noon, watch a couple talk shows, and then go do stuff. Like you have to treat it like a job, right? Yes, too many wait for their phone to ring. Right. Too many just get up and well, I don't have any appointments today, so I don't have to do anything today. That's yeah. not how this works. No. It's You need to have a schedule. You need to understand what your day looks like. Know what your day looks like before you wake up. Yes. Uh, we get, I mean, the fail rate, in re- fail rate in real estate's high anyway, but especially with, we get a lot of car sales. Yep. Um, we get a lot of new construction, it's higher there because they are used to people just walking to them. They're not used to having to go find the business. Um, And I mean, really all this is, if you can find a system to generate business and to keep those relationships going, it doesn't make it inauthentic to have a system in place for that. Um, But if you can find a system, that's all this is. If you can come in and put a system in place, if you can't put a system in place, I'm not good at systems. I shoot from the hip. Yeah. I used to brag about winging it because I thought that was something brag worthy. <laughs> I learned later on that is not a brag worthy trait. <laughs> but that's part of why I did come work with Jordan because right. she does have a lot of systems in place yeah. and it makes my world easier. I all of a sudden, I'm not against hard work. I like working. Yeah. Um, but now I'm working hard and moving in a direction at a faster pace. I have more free time. I get to make more money. I get to also, I get to work with my friends, which is one of my favorite things yeah, in the world. Absolutely. I posted on social media the other day that 
I'd much rather win with my friends than win by myself all day long. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's what life is, right? You're, yeah. You're, we're here to have a good time and enjoy people and, and yes. you know, spend time with the people that we care about. And, and listen, some people are great at working from home. I'm not. Yeah. Um, I don't get much done. I get distracted. So I like going into an office. For one, my friends are there. Um, I have a dedicated workspace. I have a door I can shut if I really do need to get focused and concentrate. Um, I go into the office on weekends by myself because I can focus better there than at home. At home, I'm real caught up on Sports Center. My dishes are clean. <laughs> Laundry's going. I mean, I'm doing stuff. You're, but you're just keeping busy. You're not really, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. not being productive. Right. It's real easy to stay busy in real estate and not be productive. Oh, and, yeah. And, I stay busy and I'm not productive. No, it, it happens all the time. And I see it, you know, uh, in, on the lending side too, is, you know, you can spend a ton of time, you know, uh, working on income or going to a class or, you know, you're doing, you're working, right? You're doing stuff, but you're not doing anything that's going to get you a contract or get you a buyer or get you, you know, those are the things that you really need to spend your time on and focus on is getting out there. You know, one of the, um, Another example I use often is um, when it comes to you know doing something that you're passionate about. So, for example, um, I do a lot of I coach my kids in football and baseball and basketball and soccer and my daughter and my and my son both, and I've done that since they were young and now they're 14 and 12. <clears throat> but I I built my business to some extent in that sphere because when you do things that you really really are passionate about personally, right? Whatever it may be, golf, sports reading books, going to church, like whatever it is, if you're doing something that you're passionate about and you're involved in it every single day and you use your business, nothing more than just, you know, I send out emails with my, you know, business email, you know, for agents, a lot of times wear your name tag, wear your brokerage shirt, you know, be out amongst your friends and family wearing the things or participating in it. So they know what you do, but they see the passion that you have for whatever it is that thing is. And then when they decide to buy or sell a house, they're like, well, I really, really like that person. And I know that they're, they work their butt off, you know, at church and the youth group, or they work their butt off, you know, they're put organizing the book club every month, or they're, they're really big at the, you know, the pet, the dog park or whatever. Then it becomes much more of an easier transition for them to say, Hey, can you help me try to find a house? Because they like you. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Um, and know your personality. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't suggest some people copy me in some things. I walked up, um, I'm big with my kids, sports, yeah. parents of the sports teams. And one time I walked in and uh, business was slow. I mean, business was fine, but I walked in and just somewhat gruff and crash, right. walked in and said, hey, any more business? Which one of y'all are referring me something? I mean, and luckily they all know I do care. Sure. And so, well, that's your personality yes, too. Yes, my personality works for that. Don't right. go do that if that's not your personality. For sure. But understand your personality. Also, um, I get a good amount of business from my kids' schools where, but it's because my youngest is now in sixth grade, so I've had all the kids go through elementary. My youngest is the last one. They've seen me for years come in and pay off lunch delinquent accounts, or right. show up to school parties, right. or do different things in the neighbor or in the school that now it just kind of gets natural that they just like me. That's, right. There are some people that will just do business with you because they like you. Yeah. And I've gotten that now because it's been so many years of just doing it and working it. And it doesn't mean you have to be an extrovert. It doesn't mean you have to be the life of the party all the time. I mean, like I said, you know, I guess book club's a good example. If everybody sits around and reads and talks about it every once in a while, and it's a quiet group and nobody's going to the club, you know, trying to dance or whatever, <laughs> that doesn't matter because it, again, people buy from you. And, and a lot of times it's like-minded people that want to work together. So if you, if your circle of friends is shy and quiet, and you guys don't, 
I, you're still going to get business from those people because you spend time with them. And you'll attract the people that are like you, that right. you want to be around. Right. And they're going to refer you people that you want to be around instead of trying to force who you're not. And right. then all of a sudden you attract people that aren't like that. And all of a sudden, sure, you have business, but now you're having to flex to be somebody you're not right. during work hours. And attract the people that already like you. They like you, you like them. Also, another thing I would tell people at a young age is, I talk about this all the time, so if you've ever been around me for three minutes or more, you've heard me talk about this, but the idea that you're gonna turn into an average of about the five people you spend yes, the most time with. absolutely. Um, take that to heart, understand it. When you go to a big brokerage, you'll see people hanging out together. You see the people that don't sell anything all hanging out together. You see the people that sell a ton hanging out together. It's, you don't get, if you're still hanging out with your hood rat friends from high school, you don't get to go live this superstar life while running around with them. It doesn't, it doesn't usually work that way. way. No. I mean, doctors hang out with doctors and not the custodian. And it's no right. jab at the custodian. That's awesome. But you're going to become who you're hanging out with. So I'm real protective. If you have an influence in who I become, whether I like it or not, right. I'm so protective of who you are going to be. Right. I care so much about my time yeah. and who gets a piece of my time because you, without my say, get to carve who I'm going to become. Yep. It's very natural. You spend enough time around somebody, you pick up their traits and their qualities. You even say, you know, you'll find yourself spending a lot of time with someone. They have to say this phrase or whatever all the time. And all of a sudden you start uh -huh. saying that, or you start laughing like they do. And you're like, wait a minute, why did I, why did I laugh like that just now? You know what I mean? That just happens. Yes. Like, it's just human nature, that kind of stuff. There's happens. a guy, Dick Dunham, who is KW in Dallas and great guy and a little bit older now, but he tells a story about when he was in his, I think he was in his twenties or so and he was married at the time. And he had these two clients that were investors and they were partners and they were around his age. He said they were so cool and they were fun and they were a lot of fun to be around. He said, I became friends with them, which was awesome. Then we started hanging out. Then we started hanging out more. Well, they were both bachelors. He said, finally, my wife had to have a conversation with me that, hey, I don't like how you're acting. Yeah. And I don't like that you're going out on a Wednesday night. And I don't like all these things that's happening because he started acting like a bachelor. Yeah. You're going to automatically become, yeah, it's like a friend of yours says something enough around you and all of a sudden you say it and you're like, Huh? That's not really me. Yeah, it or maybe it is all now. Time. Yeah. It is now, yeah. yeah. It happens all the time. So yeah. care who your friends are, care who your influences are. Uh, I mean, I almost said the wrong thing. Uh, <laughs> care, care who's around you. <laughs> um, okay, so so now we kind of have an idea of kind of qualities and traits that it takes to become an agent because it's not just about, you know, seeing good houses or writing good contracts. It really is all about your personality, your work ethic, you know, the people you surround yourself with, how much you're willing to grow as a person, how much you're willing to put yourself in uncomfortable situations, right? So so now, all right, I've decided I want to become an agent. All right, I'm ready to, I took the test, I passed. Now I'm ready to go out there and sell. Well, what you have to have in order to sell is you have to have a broker. You have to have a broker sponsor your license and I think it's pretty much every state, right? I don't think it's just... Just in Texas. In Texas, I know. Yeah, in Texas for sure. In order for you to sell real estate legally, you have to be sponsored by a broker. Broker is usually somebody that's been in the business for what? Five years. At now. least five years. They have to take a whole separate test. Mm -hmm. um, a whole bunch of other regulations. Yes. Well. And they're the ones, by the way, when you get upset because they take a portion of your commission, which that's how it works, um, they're also the one carrying all the liability. Right, they're they're carrying the trouble when when you make bad decisions. Yes, they're the ones that uh, that get to write the check for that stuff. Right, absolutely. So uh, in saying that, now obviously uh, the Jordan Davis team is a great brokerage, and anybody that would like to join uh, should certainly reach out to you. But is as an individual looking for a brokerage, what are some things that they should pay attention to? There there aren't good or bad. Oh. 
there probably are good and bad brokerages. Sure. But they are so set up. There's no, you get a lot of people that will think, well, I want to keep all my money. Right. Um, and there are brokerages set up for that. And they're not bad brokerages by any right. means. Know what you're going to do. Because if you're going to keep all your money and you're going to sell eight houses this year, or you can go be with a brokerage that does take more of your money and you're going to sell 30 houses this year, it just makes sense. To trade off. Everything's a trade off. People get real caught in splits. Right. Don't worry about splits. Right. Worry about how much money you're making. Right. How much money you know, do you want to make? Can this person provide you a path to get there? Right. That's all it is. Right. Um, you can worry about splits later on when you've built up your business for 20 <laughs> years and all that stuff, right? When, uh, when it's all coming in. But one thing I would want to know if you were small, talking to a smaller broker, I would want to know, okay, well, how much business does your top agent do? Right. Um, Whoever the broker is or whoever the leader is in that office, they're your pace car now. Right. You don't get to outgrow them. Right. Um, and maybe you do go with a smaller one and all of a sudden you grow and then you realize, okay, I'm stunning now. And it might not be that broker gets you, that broker got you to point A, they might not get you to point B. And you all of a sudden you have to switch to somebody that has a bigger vision. You don't get to outgrow your leader. You don't get to outrun your leader. Your leader is your pace car. So understand whatever the vision Jordan is my pace car. Okay. I don't get to outrun her vision. So I've got to make sure her vision is bigger than my vision at all times because otherwise, what am I doing? Yeah, you can't aim for anything, you're not shooting up, right? Right. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm just getting held back, right. which her vision is very, very big, and that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but understand well, what's their top agent do. Um, I mean, I have a friend who has his broker's license, and he had somebody come to him and say, Well, will you just be my broker? And he's got one person that's set up in Houston just because it's an odd situation. But he already told her, he's like, no, I can't provide you. It would just be cheap. Would be right. it. That's all yeah. that I provide. Right. And that's not really the purpose I'm going for. Especially when you're starting off. I mean, cheap's great. You know, cheap's fantastic. But I think when you're starting off as a brand new agent, you need a potential for growth. Right? Know what you need. Yeah. Do you need education? Yep. Do you need to be around other productive people? Do you need to be around? That's one of the things when we used to be in the KWR Lincoln office, uh, in the main office, that's one of the things I enjoyed. I could go down the hall and I had top producers that just had their door open and I could chat with all day yeah. long. I, I could go talk to Kim Grogan. I could go talk to Don Lawyer. I could go talk to Mike Manion. I could go talk to these people all I wanted right. because they were available. And I cared so much about that aspect. When you could learn a ton. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I cared about that. I didn't want to be on an island by myself. Yeah. Um, so there's not good or bad. Figure out what you need, figure out what's important to you. What is the value to you? If it is a more expensive brokerage, okay, is the value there for you? Um, but too many people get caught up in just wanting the cheapest option. It's probably not the best option. Especially also, when you start again. Also because there's yeah. always a cheaper option. Oh, you sure. didn't find the cheapest option. There is a cheaper option somewhere. Yeah. Um, it's like when people are looking for real estate agents, if they're looking to sell their house, they can find a cheaper option all the time. Mm -hmm. It's what's the best option, what makes them the most money. It's the same idea with sellers. You get sellers a lot of times that want to talk commission. Well, is it that you don't want to pay this much commission or you want to make the most money? If it's about making the most money, let's have that conversation. Right. How do we make you the most money? Right. Same idea of picking a brokerage. Right. How do they get you where you want to go? Can they provide that path for so you? So it's like value, basically. Yeah. What kind of value are they going to offer you? Coming? And what's the long game here? Is the long game to sell houses forever? If it is, great. Is it that you want to get into your own investments? Is it that you want to get into teaching in real estate or coaching? Is it that you want to be on the commercial side? Mm -hmm. I mean, what do you want long term? Can that person get you there? We have somebody on the team that wanted to get into coaching. They now have a national coaching program. We have somebody that wanted to get into investing. They now have in their own investment properties. Um, I'm in a group that invests in apartment complexes and we have somebody that wants to get involved in that. Oh wow. I mean, it's okay. what path do you want to be on? Can that brokerage provide that path for you? Okay. 
Now, um, on when you guys recruit people and you bring them in, do you, you know, are or you know, I, I think there's a misconception. Maybe it's a proper. You know, I, I talk to new agents and they'll say, "Oh, I'm getting recruited by ten different brokerages," and I'm like, "Well." You know, uh, yes, you are, but you know, you gotta understand that you're a money source for them. So, you know, if you sell two houses and never sell again, they still made some money off that deal. So, so when you guys are bringing people in, what's your select? Like, what are you? How are you selecting for people typically? It is we. I mean, first off the bat, I have a phone call with them because about 15 minutes or so, we're gonna yeah. have easy, short call. I'm gonna ask questions. Um, if I like you from there, we're going to have you come in, meet with us, usually on Tuesday, not everybody, but we do like it when they come in on Tuesday. It's our team day. You get a little more, it's the more fun side. All the, all, well, all the business stuff happened on yeah. Monday from the weekend. Tuesday's yes. a little bit of a wall. Uh, it's our team day. Everybody's yeah. there. We yeah. have team meeting. They sit in on team meeting and they sit with me for a little while. If we like you from there and you still like us, we do a personality assessment. We send that to you, you complete that. Okay, and then, yeah, we do the same thing, like culture index, okay. kind of get an idea uh, of who you are. And then from there, we schedule another time to sit down and talk. And so then you and I are going from there, we're meeting again. If I still like you and you still like us from there, I am overly optimistic, so I like everybody. Sure. Um, so if we have made it that far, I like you. Yeah. So what we have learned is I now have to um, convince there are two other people on the team. I won't say them by name. They're <laughs> wonderful, but I have to convince them of why we should hire this person. Gotcha. Because they don't like anybody. Right. <laughs> and so I now have to convince them this is why this person right. is a good hire and this is why we should bring them on. Right. And if I do a good enough job, then great, we extend an offer. If I didn't and they're not convinced and they do a better job than me on convincing us why we shouldn't, then we don't. Yeah. Um, and so then we extend the offer. Usually at that point, if we've made it that far, everybody, they want to accept if we have made it that far. But we have learned that my optimism uh, works against me at times. I don't always see what could go wrong. Mm -hmm. And so that is the, the safety net we've put in place. <laughs> It's that's okay. You gotta have yin and yang, right? You yes. gotta have somebody who's really into it. You gotta have somebody that's a little bit more uh, pessimistic about how things are gonna work out. That's how my marriage is. So I don't, I don't. <laughs> um, I'm the optimistic one, but my wife is not. So uh, I understand. You know, it depends on the situation, obviously. Um, all right. So uh, one last thing on on this part, just to give people an idea of what they can expect if they got into real estate. I was gonna. I was thinking. I was like, well, maybe it's, tell me the average, you know, of realtor income. I, I think that's probably the wrong question because it varies so much depending on where you live and what your market is, whatever. What would you say if you can the first year, right? Your first twelve months, let's call it. Within your first twelve months, if you can make X amount of dollars, you're you're doing pretty good, you know. And then and then that can within the first five years, if you can get to this, because again, why are we doing this? We're doing this to make money, right? So. So what is a, what's a realistic expectation for somebody? Because I think there's a lot of people It's like, well, if I sell one $300,000 house, you know, I just make $9,000. Which they usually they make $9,000. Right, right. So, so but that's the concept, that's, uh -huh. that's the preconceived notion about this. And the reality is, is there's fees and there's licenses and, you know, and there's board dues that you don't even keep track of. So you don't even gasoline, know how much your expenses are. Pictures, all the stuff. So at the end of it all, when they net it out after all their expenses, what would you say is a, is a realistic number if you've had success? All right, let's talk transactions, not okay. money. Okay. Um, your average first year real estate agent, it's a big misconception. Everybody thinks because it's image driven industry, everybody's right. showing success. So everybody thinks everybody's having success. Yeah. Average first year agent sells three houses. Three houses for the first 12 months. Mm -hmm. Three. 
three for your first for new agents. Okay. Uh, your average overall, I think, is like five or six. Okay. Period. Even right. you take an agent that's been in the business for ten years or more. Even them, on average, are doing about ten to twelve a year. It's right. still not some stellar, outrageous number. They've just lasted long enough right. to where business is coming their way. Um, so and you can see too because you, I think the average people get confused by the average because you don't realize that you know the 80-20 rule really applies pretty heavily just like in all things where 20% of the people are doing 80% mm -hmm. of the business and the other people that exist in the space other realtors it's not that they're not working but you got part-time agents you have you know moms that do it on the side you have you know guys that do it on the weekends and that's all they do and so doing three or four transactions or five, maybe that's all they want, but that's what a lot of times drags that average down. There are some people that are certainly doing 30, 40, 50. Absolutely. Right, yeah. There are, yes, there are a lot of people doing that as well. We usually tell people on our team, we expect about 24 to 36. And I don't mean expect that you have a quota. We want to set the goal. We have some people that, we have one person on the team that has a goal that's lower than that. Yeah. More power to you, that's yeah. great. What's the life you want to live and how do right. we get you there? Right. Um, so usually we suggest you about 24 to 36 in your first year if that's what you want to do. If somebody doesn't, if somebody wants to do 12 or 15 or 18, okay, let's yeah. figure that path out and see what that looks like. Yeah. Um, if somebody wants to come in and do more than that, uh, Grandma Gail came in and did 76 in her first year. Uh, so That's impressive. It's, it's <laughs> Grandma Gail's still out there killing it. Um, so people can come in and have great success. Yeah. It's up to you and right. up to what you want to do. We normally say on our team, you're usually looking at about 24 to 36 transactions in your first year. That's the goal. That, yeah, most people are hitting it on okay. the team. So it kind of depends, again, on the person. Right. What is your goal and what do you want to get to? Right. right. So in general, if somebody else comes in, I mean, a lot of it pertains to what do they need to make? Yeah. What do they want to make? Right. I tend to hear 100000 all the time. That's everybody's magic number. I want to make $100,000. Right. Most don't. Right. Um, but if you want to, cool. Sure. Um, but most individual agents aren't making $100,000. So it really depends. Um, I mean, average sales price, what, $300,000? Um, if first year agent on average three houses, um, I mean, let's just make it easy and say 3%, yeah. $27,000 yeah. for the average first year agent. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're making 50, good job. Right. Um, it normally, on our team, it costs about 10 grand to be in real estate from yeah. just dues, things like that. Um, if you are an individual agent, it's gonna cost you more. Um, most agents don't take that into account. They don't factor in that. I mean, at best, if you're an individual agent, at best, you were on a 65-35 split with yourself. Right. At best, and you just don't keep track of your expenses to know that. Right. Um, so, people see 3% and think, well, that's how much money I get to take home. Yeah. No, it's not. No, it's, it's definitely portrayed, um, you know, like you said, it's an image-driven industry. And so, it's you know, you see people with their sold signs and you see them on Facebook and you see them on Instagram and, you know, and you think, man, these people are just killing it. And the reality is, is, you know, the vast majority of them, not all of them, there's plenty of really, really successful people. There are some people, great agents out there. Um, but the vast majority of agents are, are just kind of, getting by, you know, that's just, just kind of what it is. So, and these are just things that, you know, you need to know when you're getting into the business, if this is something that you're interested in, um, if you want to be a realtor, if you think that it's a career for you, it's certainly the best thing about it is, you know, you make as much money as you want to make, right? I mean, or, or that you're willing to put yourself out there to be able to make. But the, the other side of it is, is, you know, you're your own boss, you're your own motivator. You've got to make sure that you treat it like a job every day. And if that's not you, if you're not someone that can drive yourself that way all the time, then it may not be something that, uh, you know, that be a good fit. But, and I'll say one thing we didn't talk about, but also a 
running thing in successful agents is that they're just good people. Oh, you have very, very few scummy people that have right. long-term success. Right. Um, well, you relationships, so you gotta is. have a lot of relationships, it you gotta is. be a good human. You, I get, again, we're in this to make money, we're in this to fund the life we wanna go live, but at the same time, you, you gotta be a good person to make this work, and people see it, and they can spot yeah. it, and if you were in it just to make the money, yep. It's not going to last long for you. It's just not. Um, plus, you're probably going to get a rip bad reputation. This is a small industry, a small world. It's the top agents for the most part are all just good people. Right. Right. So be a good person. That's yeah. that's the bottom line, right? Just in life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Bart, I really appreciate you coming um, and talking to me today. Um, I know you know you guys are busy and you know with family and kids and all that kind of stuff. So I really appreciate you taking out some time. Uh, one last thing before we go, though, um, if you have one that you can think of, I always like to get um, interesting stories from the real estate world and uh, things that we've gone through or experienced or clients and, you know, of course, no names, no nobody will be harmed in this story, but do you have anything uh, that is a little uh, unique that... Uh, you prepped me and told me to think about that and I forgot to. <laughs> no, it's uh, okay. The stories that pop in my head at first, I can't tell. Um, <laughs> there are a few that are very funny, but not appropriate enough to tell. I don't know, the one that pops in my head is funny to me. I don't know that's funny to anybody else. Okay. But so one day I have, I still have the client, an investor that buys, they live in California, they've never come in town. Okay. They buy investment properties. And so I got them probably 10 years ago. They got referred to me from another agent. Um, and so I've been working with her and her husband this whole time for 10 years now. And we were buying, I think it was like our third one. They found one, they never come in town to see it. They do everything from California. And so it was with a title company, I won't say, because this is not a good example of that title company. Right. It was with the title company, and I said, I told them early on that, hey, they close in California, are, we've done multiple, we're gonna keep doing them, but they never come in town, they're gonna close in California. Okay, great, we have that conversation up front. Well, we get towards the closing, and my mother at the time was a loan officer in the mortgage industry, and they used my mom for their loans on all of them. and. She needed something, so she calls over to the title company. We were getting close to closing, and the escrow officer at the title company says, oh, we're not closing today. She says, why aren't we closing today? She goes on a rant because the buyer's agent has screwed up, and he didn't do this, and he didn't do this, and he doesn't communicate with me, and she went on a rant about how awful I am. Okay. How about you? This yeah. Is about you. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so my mother, uh -huh. um, I love my mom, anybody right. that has knows my mother she has a very dominant and assertive personality okay uh, she's got a temper on her okay, uh, okay. and i love her for right. it so she's very calmly okay uh -huh. hangs up she calls me says listen to what happened listen to what i just got told uh -huh. i got a little fire in me yeah. so she tells me what happened i again i was very young ego i don't sure. handle it well sure so i call up to that title company and uh, that woman doesn't have a great call with me. Well, but she cuts me off at one point when I'm going off about this. And she says, whoa, 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 I didn't say any of that. We're not gonna close on time because the lender screwed up and she goes on a rant about oh. my mother. <laughs> and so I hang so up. She's talking trash about you to mm -hmm. your mom and now she's talking trash about your mom to and you. So she has no idea. No idea. Okay. And so I call my mom. <laughs> well, listen to what she told me. So my mom called that escrow officer uh, and had a much worse conversation than I had. Um, this is why it's best just to just have own it. Whatever complaints or whatever you have about anybody in the transaction, just keep it to yourself. There's no, there's no need. All you're gonna do is get everybody upset. And plus, you'll never know if you're talking to someone's mom or son. 
And so it went back and forth a little bit. Um, there was one more time I had to call up that day. She did not learn we were mother and son until the next day. Yeah. And that marketing rep is still the marketing rep for that title company. And I remember the, he called me the next day because he didn't hear about it that day. Uh, so he called me the next day, very apologetic. Yeah. Um, and it was that that woman had a rough day that yeah day. i imagine so that that's the whole reason when i'm at stoplights i don't honk at people you know to go because there has been occasion where you know i gave someone a little real friendly little beep you know nothing major or whatever but and then i pull wherever i was going i pulled in and there's some, i'm like oh okay this is somebody <laughs> I, all right i guess we're gonna be friends now because i just and honestly, when we talked earlier about just owning a mistake yeah all of that would have gone away none right. of us would i i don't I'm not so money motivated. Everything has to close on time. Right, it's right. not that bad. Right. So none of it would have happened, but uh, that was one of the more fun ones. Um, and then there have been numerous situations where showed a house to somebody one time. We knew a tenant lived in the house. Yeah. And so we knew that part. We'd get there and they clearly have thrown a party right. the night before. I mean, it is clear as day. Um, so no big deal, whatever. It's just dirty. So we're looking around. Well, there was an added on room that was an extra living room in the back. Uh -huh. And so we had looked through everything. That was kind of the last thing before we went to the backyard and we get there and you could see the back of the couch, but you can't completely see what's on the couch yet. And so uh, as we count closer, you could see over the couch and what we assume is the tenant uh -huh. um, completely naked, just laid out on his back, passed out on the couch. On his back? Uh-huh. Okay. And so it was <laughs> me and a couple that was around my age that I'd known a long time. Oh, wow. And so I grabbed the pizza box off the table just and just yes. covered him up with the pizza box. We, did he at least wake up? Never. No. We kept looking at the house. We looked at the backyard. We finished. We left. And Oh, man. If the, if the social media had been as big back then as it is now, there would certainly be some pictures of that floating around, right? <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, that's what I said. That's why I like these stories. So, um, again, thank you very much. I appreciate Absolutely. you coming out. And um, if you guys have any questions, what's the best way to get in touch with you? I mean, honestly, if you can't Google me and find me, but Facebook, you can message me there. Okay. My phone number, 817-301-8897. Are you still actively selling some too? Yeah, yeah. I still sell. I'm mostly working with sellers, but I do still work with some buyers as okay. well. Cool. Um, so I am still selling. All yes. right. Well, if you want to buy or sell, give them a shout. If you want to become an agent, great resource. Good to have mentors. Always need those Honestly, mentors. even if you want to become an agent and have no interest in a team, I'll sit down with you and I will go over all the bad like Jenny did with me and let you know what to expect getting into real estate. We have people come shadow us all the time that don't want to be on the team, but they want to see what it takes to run a team. Uh, we have small brokerages will come shadow us. We're all for it. We don't right. care. Just be good humans and help people out, right? Yeah, there's enough business to go around. Thanks, brother. I appreciate uh -huh. it. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you very much.